coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School, sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. That's right, this is Old School on 93.7 The Ticket coming at you live from 11th and O Streets here in Lincoln. I am Austin Norman, holding down the fort here for just a second. Have Jay Foreman, Husker Hall of Famer, on the line. Bring him in here in just a second. Big thanks to the Mercado Certified Piedmontese, as Jay would say, every type of meat and every type of cut you can find there at a couple locations here in Lincoln, 84th and Havelock, as well as 30th and Yankee Hill. Don't forget tomorrow, uh, they do have their Friday lunch special down at the 30th and Yankee Hill location. So it's first come, first serve. They do run out. Make sure you get yourself down there in line nice and early for the Mercado's Friday lunch special. Let's go to our VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. And I'll stop commandeering the show. We welcome in one of the hosts of Old School, Jay Foreman. What's up, Jay? How's it going? It's going all right, man. What's, what's happening with you? Oh, you know, just talking some Husker hoops. Had uh, Kevin Meyer in here earlier. Stricky dipped out. He abandoned me. But, hey, that's okay. This is old school. He's supposed to be gone anyways, right? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. you know, he, he's the uh, Eric Strickland holiday. is uh, <laughs> the one that everybody celebrates on every Thursday with Thirsty Thursday. But this is old school. Brought to you by the Mercado Certified Piedmontese Special Ingredients Butcher Shop. Located at 84th and Havelock at 30th and Yankee Hill. Um. Austin, you know, we had texted all day and all early. I saw you earlier today, but one of the big things that came out of Matt Rule's press conference yesterday was the potential price tag on a quarterback. But I think also uh, what's really taken over the airwaves is who's all going to be in the portal from a quarterback standpoint on a national level. It seems like every time that you refresh or I refresh my computer or cell phone or app, there's a new quarterback in there. I want to ask you your opinion, and I'll give you mine, is – should Nebraska take the, the, the Matt Rule approach, which I think, in my opinion, might be smart to sit back and wait and see so you can make the best and most informed decision, maybe learn a little bit from last year, or to be the first one at the table uh, and set the market? I think Nebraska's in a fascinating spot because if you look at the skill positions around Nebraska and the supporting cast, it would tell you that they're probably not going to be in the market to make a big splash early, to throw their weight around and say – hey, we got a stud, we got a star, we got a program changer. So my my gut tells me that either Nebraska is going to be patient with its decision on a quarterback in the transfer portal, or most likely, like what happened with Jeff Sims last offseason, if Nebraska acts quickly, it's going to be because of prior connections that, that Matt Rule, Marcus Satterfield, someone else on the, the coaching staff has with a player. So... I don't think Nebraska is going to be running up the the bill that high for a quarterback, like you said. You know, between a million and two million for a good quarterback. I don't think Nebraska swimming in in that sort of water going to be splashing that much cash around. But I do think Nebraska needs to identify a guy that fits a system it wants to run. Identify what that system is. If there's a guy you know already in the transfer portal that's out there early on and he's the one, go get him. Make that move early. But if you're not sold on a guy, you have questions, you need to do more digging. 
it's okay to wait and not jump the gun just to say, oh, we got a transfer portal quarterback that'll, you know, keep the media types from him saying too much that'll, you know, placate the fan base. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, it, you know, they're in a really good position. I think there's over 50 quarterbacks. Uh, if you look at FCS and FBS uh, schools or quarterbacks that were at schools that are in the portal, there is not uh, 50 power five or 50 Nebraska positions open. So I think uh, they're actually in, in a more advantageous position than they were last year. I think the depth of uh, serviceable to good quarterbacks is deeper, obviously with the, the amount of numbers or the, 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 high, the, the numbers being so high, you have a uh, a, a pool of, of quarterbacks that where you can actually, you know, make more than one decision if you choose to do so. We've seen that uh, before, where uh, you know when Scott Frost was here, they were able to get Casey Thompson, who had a tremendous amount of success at, te- at Texas and starting experience, get him, and they get somebody that was on the you know like the come up uh, in the in the case of Trevor Purdy. So um, there is a you know I guess a, a past history of doing so. It'll be, you know, interesting to see what path they take. But I think everybody, you know, should rightfully so be focused on the quarterback position, right? Because that's your, you know, lifeline of your football program, your university, and a big uh, piece in the, you know, the the angst or the uh, uh, or the happiness in, in the state of Nebraska. But also, um, don't don't fall asleep on other positions that Nebraska might, you know, look to add, whether it's depth or a potential playmaker, and that's. Every skill position, uh, potentially like maybe a tackle, maybe even a linebacker, maybe a edge rusher that they maybe have recruited or had a inside scoop on that maybe is looking to make a, a jump from the you know um, FBS to FCS or, or so forth and so on. Um, because you got to think, you know, one of the best pass rushers in the, in the nation uh, transferred to Florida State, you know, really under the radar uh, two years ago. Now he's potentially going to be a first round pick. And uh, his last name is, is Verse, and he's a, a stud. So if you can really scout everybody, go and make informed decisions, get somebody. And I think they, you know, one thing I think people don't give, I guess, the decision makers credit enough for is that a year into the Big Ten, they were learning a lot. I'm sure Matt Rule learned a lot about himself and his staff and the players, uh, you know, who was really, you know, able or potentially could play in the Big Ten, who, who they could project to make uh, improvement. But I think, it, you know, they've learned a lot about themselves. So, ideally, you'd like to think um, they're going to be able to go and make more informed and better decisions in either way that they decide to go. If they decide to be, you know, really, really active and, and you know, kind of shop in their kind of area that they want to shop, like their, their price mark, or they just want to be very picky and choosy. Um, you got you got to give them the benefit of the doubt and the confidence. Not only will they, you know, look to rectify that, but then also, you know, you know, heard a lot of, a lot of people talking earlier, you know, potential staff changes and all that. Like that, 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 you know, can be done. It's got to be there by the coaches choosing. But every time the answer can't be, well, okay, well, the, the quarterback position really wasn't good. So now we need a designated quarter, quarterback coach. You know, we, we talked about we needed a special teams coach for how long? We got a special teams coach. You know, really, we, we didn't become I1 special teams. You know, everybody pitches in when you coach. And, you know, yes, you could have the best quarterback coach out there. You know, I don't know who it would be, but you also have to have the players that are willing to perform and do the simple things that are asked to be effective quarterback within that system. So it's a, it's still a relationship type of business. It's also you don't want to make a, a rash decision, uh, taking something off somebody's plate or adding to their plate. You know, they have a very unique staff where I think they have the, I call them the four horsemen, 
which is a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, obviously the head coach, and then obviously Ed Foley, the special teams coordinator, all have the, the, the you know very they, they've been around and coached a lot and everything different places. And then the other parts of the staff are on you know on the rise and younger guys that don't have a lot of Big Ten or a lot of coaching experience. And so you have to be able to be patient, but you also have to be strategic in what you do because you know they were picked to come here for a reason, right? Just like a player. You have to give it time to, you know, mature. You have to give it time to get better because they're learning about how they can be a cohesive staff. You got to think, Tony White's name is everywhere for every uh, defensive coordinator position was up for some head coaching jobs. You got to think, he wasn't a Matt Rule, like, internal, like, tree that you would just assume that he would come with. So, you know, you got to think it takes some transition to get these guys going. And, you know, obviously you want to see improvement. The pressure will mount every year because you want to see an uptick in the wins and uptick in, in, in position groups. Uh, but you also don't want to be hasty in thinking that you need to add or subtract a coach and move coaches around based on uh, what happened this year because you got to have confidence that you can actually improve. Because if you want the players to improve, right, you, if you want uh, or just improvement in the team, how can you ask for improvement in the team if you don't have any continuity? And so you Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You have to really think about what what you're thinking or what you're saying before you say it because there's a lot of things that need to happen uh, for just the quarterback to play well. The offensive line needs to continue to be better. You, you need a you know, running back or two to really step up and be consistent. You're going to need somebody to step up two steps at the wide receiver position, and you need to get a lot better at the tight end position. That has nothing to do with the quarterback playing, uh, even though there needs to be some additions in the quarterback room. So there's a lot going on mm-hmm. um, around the program and inside the program and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, want, I mean, are you, like, kind of feeling what I'm saying? Are you, like, are you thinking I'm in outer space? Where do you feel like, uh, you know, as far as, other pieces besides the quarterback position. Yeah, no, your boots are firmly on the ground. And I think we had a call, I think it was Matthew that called in earlier this week and said, you know, look at all these head coaching salaries. Would a, a wise head coach, you know, maybe take a little less money and spread some more around to to assistance to get better assistance in the building. I think that was an astute point. I think it works the same for quarterback. If Nebraska was going to, you know, say have an NIL budget of a million dollars, Spending it all on quarterback, I think, would be short-sighted. Like, yeah, a better quarterback probably wins Nebraska a few more games. But I completely disagree with the notion that Nebraska was just a quarterback away. Nebraska needs to upgrade across the board. I'm glad you brought up running back. I think Nebraska could use another guy there. A true number one receiver would be big. I like the idea of a playmaking linebacker, you know, maybe a project defensive back, kind of like Tommy Hill was coming in out of the transfer portal. So... If I'm Nebraska, I'm not, you know, allotting my entire budget to getting, you know, the biggest name quarterback I can. I'm going to get a quarterback that I know raises my floor, that will avoid mistakes that that don't need to happen, whose ceiling can be raised through development, and surrounding that guy with other pieces, like a, a workhorse style running back with a true number one receiver to help Coleman and Lloyd, you know, flourish maybe a little more under the radar this year. 
and to restock that defensive cupboard for a unit that was so good. So I think Nebraska has some resources out there to, to upgrade the roster. It can't be afraid to use them, but they also have to yeah. use them in a smart way. Yeah, I think hopefully, the, you know, Matt Rule's, uh, you know, experience in the NFL, you're essentially managing the salary cap. I know, he, look, obviously the coaches aren't in direct connection with NIL, but you have to, you're, you're roster managing. And, you know, NIL and transfer portal and all that stuff is all a part of it. You know, I think the biggest thing Nebraska fans need to make sure that they don't do is sit there and worry about what everybody else does. That's a mm. that's the worst thing. You know, even like in our business, you got a lot of people that worry about what somebody else is doing and not doing their job. So the best thing that Nebraska can do is get better. If you're a player on the team, like if I was a linebacker, I can't worry about if they bring in somebody from the transfer portal. I got to worry about what Jay Foreman is doing because the best Jay Foreman is going to help out the team. And no coach out there is not going to want to play a good player. Now, there is outliers where there's good players. And for whatever reason, um, guys don't get on the field and they end up going somewhere else and being there. I don't think we're at that point yet with anybody on the team that is a good player and then they're just not playing. So, you know, really, you know, if you look at what we're doing and, and, and what we can do to get better before we even try to go out and, and, and broach and get a, a, a one or a few players to bring into the program, we got to really evaluate what we got, got going. How much do we trust? Said or said player or players to get better. What, what would that look like in, you know, another winter conditioning, another spring, and all that, so forth and so on, and weigh the opportunity cost? Because you have the known here, then you have the unknown coming in. We've seen cases where guys have performed well at other places came here and not so much. Some guys that hadn't really, like we, like I talked about yesterday, even though it was a package deal, you know, essentially with Mickey Trey Palmer coming in. Fifth the sixth on the depth chart, got passed. You know, he just got, you know, beat out, I guess. Primarily just a punt returner and kind of got in, you know, when the game was in hand at LSU, comes here, and he's a difference maker. You get Samari Torrey, you kind of find him. He coming in, he wanted an opportunity. He ends up being good enough to get drafted. He's in the NFL. So you have to make sure that you, you know, really evaluate what you have versus what you can get and then get them in there and mix. And then also you want them to be around maybe more than six months, right? You don't want to hire mercenaries in your time to build because one person, if he's hired to come in and do a job, if they don't do a job, then you are, then you have to evaluate the amount of reps, time, energy, resources, thought process, X, Y, and Z that went into said player versus what, if that same amount of time, money, money and resources went into a player that you have that is potentially in a developmental role is taken away from them. And then, therefore, it stymied your growth two times. You're losing on the player that you thought you had or you went and got and the one that you potentially could have had or stymied it, and it's not as fast. So it's a, it's a, it's a uh, decision-making process that I do not envy because mm-hmm. you're, only, you're only thought of as very smart when it works out for you, right? Right. For every Kenneth, every, every Kenneth Walker III, uh, Justin Fields, uh, X, Y, and Z, there's, you know, 1,000 to 100 or hundreds to a thousand players that they don't pan out. So you have to make sure that you go and just make the best decision that you can for what you know, but then also do not overlook what you have because you never know when the light will go on for a young man, especially when it comes to football, because, you know, time management is is huge. Getting used to being away from home and then on your own is huge. Getting more involved into, like, the team aspect is huge. And then also opportunity is huge because – if Austin and Jay Foreman are two, you know, redshirt freshmen and you're a redshirt sophomore or I'm a true freshman, but we have a two-year starter ahead of us, 
we don't really have much opportunity, especially if that if that two year starter is playing well. Well, now here comes the opportunity. We both take the steps to mature emotionally and physically, and then we start to develop on and off the field. Next thing you know, you're like, whoa, what happened? Where did this guy come from? How did the light turn on? So you have to make sure that you just don't think that you're going to the transfer portal to get fixes. That not everybody is going into the transfer portal because they didn't get the opportunity to play. You know, quarterback mm-hmm. is different because there's only one that gets to play. And for whatever reason, generally every, every you know, coaching staff recruits a quarterback every year. Well, if one guy takes off, that means there's going to be two or three that are just going to be looking like they're going to sit on the bench. And so that's where you see the influx of numbers and the amount of quarterbacks that will be in the transfer portal, not once, maybe twice. And it used to be three times with the COVID year. Um, I, I think, you, you know, you just got to make sure that you make the best decision and make the best decision for where you're at as a program, because everybody talks about Joe Burrow going to LSU, right? That's great. We could have had him at Nebraska. Would he have been the number one pick if he came to Nebraska? Most likely not. Would he got drafted? Most likely so. But what accentuated Joe Burrow, what accentuated was Jamar Chase and Jefferson, right? But then that accentuated Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow accentuated them. All of them are all pros, and it's one of the best transfer portal gets in college football history to date. But then for every you know Joe Burrow, there's a – there's a four quarterback transfer portal get up in Wisconsin. Tanner Mordecai becomes that guy. He doesn't really reach a potential in the in the offense. Then you have three other guys that might be in the portal here in a year or two. So there's there's a lot of different you know examples, and there isn't an exact science to it because if there was, um, it wouldn't be as frequent. But then also the quarterback position wouldn't have as that much turnover. So. Nebraska, in, in, in close, you know, before we take a break, is in good position to make an informed decision, not only at the, the you know, big position of quarterback, but in any other position uh, that they might feel, you know, needs to be filled. And also with the early signing period, they'll be able to maybe, you know, have a late addition or maybe a subtraction based on how the portal goes. So you can, you know, there's another factor that goes in there. So there's a lot of things that goes into it, but I think, when you have time and a plan and are willing to be patient uh, and not impulsive, I think generally it works out for you. So that's where I think Nebraska is uh, as far as the, you know, transfer portal roster management and NIL management, you know, moving forward. So um, good first segment in the five o'clock hour. I'm pulling up on you, uh, you know, like the end of the week here. So we're going to go to a break. This is Jay Foreman in Austin. Old school. We'll be right back. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.